Let's pray together, shall we? Lord, we want to thank you that we can come together this morning. We thank you for family. We thank you that you brought us together and that we can belong in you. Lord, we thank you that you're in us and we're in you, Lord, that we are a part of you, that we belong. Holy Spirit, I pray for your presence to just increase in this place. Lord, I pray as I speak, the words that you've laid on my heart would be delivered with clarity, Lord, that would be received. Lord, that they would just bring fruitfulness in our hearts and lives, Lord, that we would know who we are in you more and who you are to us. Bring your peace, Lord. We might fix our attention upon you and your word this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. I pray in Jesus' name. We all said, Amen. I want to just share with you about God's benefits and how he sees us. So we're going to turn to Psalm 103. If you've got your Bibles or technology with you, Psalm 103, and we're going to read from verse 1. Psalm 103, in the middle of the Bible. And it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, if that's not a piece of scripture to get happy about, I don't know what is. If you can't get happy about that, bless the Lord, O my soul, and everything that is in me. Why? Because he forgives us. He heals us. He redeems us. He crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies our mouth with good things. And on top of that, he renews our youth like the eagles. He renews us. He restores our soul. He gives us life abundant, that he quickens our mortal bodies. Now, come on. If that's not something to get happy about, I don't know what. That he redeems our life, that he rescues us, that he's there for us. And on top of that, he crowns us with loving kindness. Psalm 103. Go and meditate upon that this week. If you're feeling like, oh, I'm just a plebby thing on a rock, go and see what God says about you. That he satisfies your mouth with good things. You don't have to toil. He wants to satisfy you with good things. So Psalm 103, and don't forget all his benefits. You know, that's what is on offer to everyone. That's what is on offer to us all every day, 24-7, when we ask Jesus into our life. He comes and heals and forgives and leads our life. Forget not all his benefits. And sometimes we can. We can forget what is available to us when we grab hold of all that Jesus grabbed hold of us for. We can forget in the drudgery and busyness and stuff of life what the benefits of knowing Jesus are. That he heals us. That he sets us free. That he crowns us. You know, we're not just some you know, person at the back blocks. He actually sees you and says you're a priest and a king. You're a royal priesthood. And it's like that is the benefit of knowing him. 
And you know, sometimes when you, when you grab hold of all that Jesus grabs hold of you for, and he, he can take you on a crazy, wild adventure, can't he? It's like you, you, you used to be like this, and now you're like this. I used to be this shy, timid, sick thing, and now I'm me. There's fire on the inside of me. You know, I'm not so quiet. Anna says, Mum, you're not quiet anymore. I go, yes, I am. She says, no, you're not, Mum. You know, this is what I used to be like. But I grabbed hold of all the benefits that Jesus grabbed hold of me for, that he healed my body from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, that he redeemed me from the things that I, where I had messed up, that he forgave me, that he restored me, that he crowned me so I know who I am in him. Yeah, and we've got to grab hold of these. You used to be like that. But you know what? This is what he says about you, that he heals you, he forgives you, he redeems you, he crowns you, he gives you tender mercies, that he restores you, that he renews your youth. So if you're feeling old this morning, grab hold of that. That's a promise that he will renew your youth like the eagle. You'll soar on wings like eagle instead of clucking around in the farmyard like a turkey. I don't see any turkeys here. You know, turkeys. He says, you'll soar on wings like eagle. You'll run and grow weary. You'll walk and not grow faint or the other way around, faint and weary. That, that's what the benefits of knowing God are. Come on now. I'm getting happy. Are you getting happy? This is what it means to be a Christian. That's what it means. And you see people struggling out there and it's like, do you know what the benefits are of knowing Jesus? You know, talk to yourself, remind yourself, get into the Word and say, this is the benefits. And he's going to take you on a wild, crazy adventure sometimes. He's going to stretch you, but that's okay because he's, I know the plans for you and they're good plans to give you a hope and a future. And he's going to stretch you. It's like Taja, she was stretched a little bit to go off and do that course. And she was like, I don't know if I'm creative enough. And I said, yes, you are. God put that on the inside. You just go for it. You know, every time we step out and we step into the things that God has for us, he puts those in our heart. He says, go on, go for it. Forget not all my benefits that I'm with you, that I redeem you, that I crown you. I satisfy your mouth with good things. And too often the world or this little tape in our head says all the opposite and God says, go for it. Go for it and live the life that I planned for you to live. Because to tell you what, we might be here for 120 or more years, but God wants us to live it, not just to exist. I don't want to just exist on this planet. I want to live. I want to live and run and soar and do what God called me to do. Don't you? Come on now. You're not giving me much back this morning. Do you want to live? Do you, not, do you want to do more than just exist? Of course we do. So stir it up, those things that God has placed in your heart. And do not forget all the benefits of what God reached out to you for. That he wants to bless your life. That he wants to give you all that you were created to have. He says, I have restored the blessing. That the curse has been broken off our life. Jesus went to the cross and he says, I became a curse for you so that the blessing would be restored. The blessing that started with Adam went through to Noah, went through to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, went all the way through. You can trace it. And that is the blessing. And forget not all the benefits that come with knowing God. And too often we do. We forget what God has for us because we get stuck down here thinking in the mud instead of looking, set your mind on heavenly things, set your mind on him. Because he'll, he'll just shift your perspective. Forget not all your benefits. 
Now, this week when I was preparing, I, uh, I was thinking about that, about forgetting out all your benefits. And I was actually going to speak about angels. But uh, the Lord had another idea. And I had this vision of this piece of paper. This is a blank piece of paper. It's a white piece of paper, A4 for those listening. And it's, it's um, got nothing on it, has it? Nothing on it. And uh, I kept on seeing this blank piece of paper and um, it, it's completely free of spot marks or wrinkle. And, you know, Stuart and I didn't talk about his communion talk, but it's got no black spot on it, has it? It's, it's blank. And this represents our life. When we come to Jesus, we get given forgiveness. We get given healing. The word saved in the Greek is sozo, which means forgiven, healed, set free, delivered from all evil. That's what the Greek, it means in the Greek. It means that you're given new life, that you're a new creation. Kainos, never been seen before. You're not just, you know, you put on an old garment and, and there's stuff under there still. He says, you're a new creation in me. Old things are passed away. The old man, the old woman is dead and gone with. And we know that. But sometimes we forget because we forget the benefits of who we are in him. But I saw this blank piece of paper. And can you give me a hand here? I want you all to take, thank you, can all to take this blank piece of paper without spot or wrinkle, brand new, not a mark on it, front and back. Because that represents our life in Christ, what he has given us. Now, it's our choice what we do with that blank piece of paper. It's our choice because when you come to God and ask, he says he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to forgive us all our mistakes, to ever things that we've said or done or thought wrong. He says, I forgive you of those things. All our unrighteousness, he cleanses us and gives us his righteousness, his being right, his holiness, his strength, his purity. That's why it's a blank white piece of paper. Because in exchange for all your stuff, he gave you a completely blank piece of paper so that you can write on it with him. So what are you going to do with it? We get the choice now. And when we might mess up and, you know, do a doodle on the side of the, inside of the piece of paper that might not be great, and we go, oh, God, that's not, that's not great. You know what he does? He just goes, that's all right, and he just washes that away because he says, if you come to me, I'll forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. It's like Peter. You know, when you come to Jesus, he gives you that blank piece of paper, and if you mess up after that, all you got to do is like Peter came and Lord, he said, Lord, you must wash me completely. He says, no, I just need to wash your feet. I just need to clean up the little bit of mess you made. God keeps on giving us a blank piece of paper when we come to him. It's our choice what we put on it. It's our choice what we allow God to speak onto it. Pretty powerful thing, really, that no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, that God gives us a clean slate. Every time we come to him, he freshens that up again. He gives us a clean slate. And as I was praying through this message, it just hit me that, you know, we've been given new life. We've been made a winner. We're created to be winners. 
to be above and to have dominion. And he created us to be like that. You know, he guarantees us success when he gives us this piece of paper. He says, you let me ride on this with you. It's like if you had this really hard job to do. You'd been given this important project to do. And just before you began it, God speaks and says, I just want you to know I'm going to personally see that this project you're working on succeeds. What would you think? I'm personally going to guarantee that what you're working on succeeds. Well, you know what? That's what God does say to us. It says in 1 John 5, he says that he'll be with us, that he'll succeed. You're more than conquerors. We sang it this morning, that we have the victory, that you're above and not beneath. Read Deuteronomy 28, that everything you put your hand to succeeds. We've got to just get out of the toil thinking and the failure thinking. And I realize it gets lodged in there. You know, we've been talking about renewing our minds and getting rid of the bad memories and getting rid of the things that trigger you to think of all the places you've messed up before. That's why God wants us to renew our minds is because when, we've, when we get that, I don't have to toil and I'm not a failure, we expect God to help us and we expect to succeed. And when you expect, you put your faith out for that to happen. When you expect you're going to fail or mess up or not succeed, you're attaching your faith to that. And that's what comes into your life. And God says, I've given you a blank piece of paper. I don't know what you're talking about when you remind me that I've messed up before or I've missed or I've disappointed or I haven't followed through. He says, I don't know what you're talking about. All I know is that my blessing is on you. My power is in you. Resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells within you and you will succeed if you hold on to me. We don't have to toil anymore. Toiling is the curse. Running the race is the blessing. And he says, I've given you a blank piece of paper, a clean slate. We're under the blessing. We've got to change that we've got to work and slog it out. I don't mean that we sit on our backsides and on the lounge watching footy all day, but that it doesn't have to be toil. And we get in the habit of everything has to be toil and hard. And God says, no, that's part of the curse. You're under the blessing. You just listen to what I say and do it. Listen to what I say and do it. Don't you try and work it out. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So you've been given a clean slate. So what's on it? What's on your piece of paper? Are you busy mentally scribbling, well, I messed up there, and oh, she doesn't know what I've done. Oh, I'm so disappointed. I haven't finished this. What are you writing on that piece of paper mentally right now? Your future, that's right. Because God says that he gives you opportunity. And I just this morning, I believe there's people sitting here right now that they know that they have missed opportunity, that they have, should have done things and they didn't. Or they should have said something and they didn't. Or they should have worked harder and then they'd be finished and they haven't. And God this morning wants to give you this clean slate. From this point on, just move forward. Don't keep on going back and think, if only I'd done that, I'd be here by now. If only I had worked harder. If only I hadn't let that person get to me. And you keep on beating yourself up. Just receive the blank, clean slate and go from this point on, I am going to do this. This is what God has called me to do. 
This is what I'm meant to be doing. Instead of keep on beating yourself up about the things where you have missed it or messed it up. Because that is the enemy's plan. He wants to hold you back and tangle you up in all the places that you, you know and he knows. And he has this little inner dialogue with you, blah, 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 in your ear. Well, who do you think you are? Or, oh, you're supposed to be done that. If you'd done that, you would be here, by, you know, up there by now. And look at you. You're such a failure. He gives you just rubbish in your ear all the time. And you've got to go, that's enough. Jesus has given me a clean slate, a blank page, and this is what I'm going to write on it. That I am more than a conqueror. That God has a plan with me, for me. That I'm a winner. That I will fulfill my purpose, what God has called me to do. And every time you go back and start to write on that nice blank piece of paper, all the rubbish, you've got to stop yourself and go, no, I have a clean slate. It doesn't matter what I did back there. I have been forgiven. The blood of Jesus poured out for me on the cross has washed me clean. I don't have to live that person anymore. Keep that person in the grave. Stop bringing that old hag back up again. Come on. You are not that person anymore. God says you're a new creation. Take hold of your clean slate and do something with it. Do something with it so that you will run the race and you'll get to the end of your life and you're in glory in heaven and you go, yes, I did it. I ran the race. Welcome into my presence. My good and faithful servant is what the Lord will say to you. Rather than reminding the Lord of all the things and all the places and all the people and everything that you've messed up on. That is not from the father. That's from the stinky devil. And you've got to tell him, get your toe back over the line. Stop hassling me. Stop bringing up. I'm a new creation. You remind him of who you are. Are you getting this this morning? Because there's people here that need to know this, that you have been given a clean slate. There's people listening that need to know this. You have been given a clean slate. Now, the other side of that, is when you have been given a clean slate, you have been forgiven, you have been healed, you have been set free, as you have to give a blank, clean, spotless, nothing on it, no record of wrongs to all those who have hurt you. Ouch. Because where you have been forgiven, you have been greatly forgiven, But if you will not forgive others, then the Lord can't forgive you. So give those people who have hurt you, where you have been disappointed, where you have had stuff happen, God says, give them a clean slate. Give them a blank piece of paper. It's nothing to do with you what they write on it. But you've got to let that be wiped clean. Where people have hurt you and disappointed you, He says, just let it go and give them a clean slate. God's love in us encourages us to do that. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says that love is patient, love is kind. And if you read it in the Amplified, it says love holds no records of wrongs. Love holds no records of wrongs. Imagine if you wrote down all the wrong things that you'd messed up on, all the things you're guilty of, And God took that list and tore it up. Right now, if you wrote it down, and it just, God took it and ripped it up. That's what he's done for us. And you might need to do that when you get home. Just write down all the places where you still feel guilty about, where you still feel disappointed, and just give it to God, and he'll rip it up. But then he says, how many lists do you have on others? 
where they have wronged you. All others' faults. Because we, we easily see everybody else's faults. It's easy to see, see where they're messing up, where they haven't done the right thing. If only they'd be like this. If only he'd be like that. If only she'd be like that. Everything would be all right. Come on now. But imagine if you ripped up the list you have on other people. Because it's a really hard thing to walk around as that other person knowing that you've got this great big long list that you're holding against them. You know, husbands and wives and partners and sisters and brothers. And you, you, they know you've got it. You've got this list and it's got a whole lot of stuff, you know, written down about them. I have reason to feel like I do because they did that. They treated my, like, me like that. They did that to me. And, you know, I'm preaching to myself because people mess up. People disappoint you. But we have to be imitators of God. Ephesians 5 says it. Be imitated of, of God, dear children. Just as he is loved, be lovers like him. Love him. Love others like he has loved us. We have to imitate him. And what did he do for us? He forgave us all our sins, all our iniquities. All our transgressions are washed away. As Stuart said, from far as the east is from the west, he has removed them from us. So we, if we're going to be followers of Jesus, if we're going to imitate him as he calls us to be, you've got to rip up the lists we've got on other people. Because otherwise, it's, it's not going to hurt them. They don't, you know, oh, well, they think that about me. It's going to hurt us because we can't move on in God. We've always got this thing, you know, and our faith, works by love. We've got to stay in love for our faith to work. And our faith moves mountains and our faith does the impossible. And our faith sees blind eyes open and our faith sees people raised from the dead and our faith sees the world reached. But if we will not rip up the lists that we've got about other people, lists we've got about our husband and our wife and our parents and anybody else you come across, if we don't rip up the lists, then we're not walking in love and our faith won't work. You want your faith to work. You want to see when you give that it's given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing into your lap, that the windows of heaven are open and a blessing is poured down on you. You want to see your relatives and your friends saved. You want to see God move like you see him move in the Bible. Then live in love. And the first place is to rip up your list on yourself and rip up the list you're holding. And I know we're holding stuff. Rip up the list that you have on other people because you know what? All it's doing is holding you back and holding you back from the plan and purpose that God has for each one of us. Each one of us. You have no idea what God has planned for you sometimes, what he wants to do in each one of your life, but you've got to rip up the list you're holding on yourself and on others. Are you getting this this morning? This is a word from God for each one of us is we've got to rip up the lists. And the specific people you know that you're holding lists on the person sitting next to you. You're holding lists. You're listening when you're listening on the podcast. You've got lists. You've got to rip up the list so you can run. Because where you're not, you've got all these chains of the past. They did that. They did that. You don't know. But God knows and he says, let go of it. Let go of it. This year we've been calling the year of restoration. And God wants to finish with a bang. Let go of your list. Tear it up and give them a blank piece of paper, even if you have to do that in the physical. So go to them and say, I've torn up the list. I'm giving you a blank piece of paper. This is how I feel about you. 
Let's go forward from there. Husbands and wives, partners, perhaps that's what you need to do. Family members, workmates, give them a blank piece of paper and say, from here forward, I have let go of anything that may have happened before and I forgive you and let's pray together. Because that's what God wants to do. He says, I want to do abundantly more than you can think or ask or possibly imagine. Ephesians 3.20. If you'll just do things his way. He's given us a clean slate. That doesn't mean that you won't mess up. It doesn't mean they won't mess up. But if you take the lead that God is giving us and say, I will do things your way. Because if you keep on doing the same thing, you're going to get the same result. You've got to do things differently. And he says, if you'll take hold of my word and my way of doing things and my way of being right, then I'm going to lead you and that piece of paper is going to be filled with blessing and breakthrough and abundance and prosperity and good things. Forget not all my benefits. It's going to be full of those rather than disappointment and hurt and brokenness and relationships not going well. He says, do things my way. And the first thing is to give him a blank slate, give him a blank page and give yourself that. You know, God loves us so much. And most of the time in our own thinking and doing, we actually have no idea of how great the love of the Father is for us. You know, how much compassion he has for each one of us. And the Bible says, how great is the love the Father has for us that he lavishes upon his children. He is not a miserly God. He wants to bless. He wants to give you gifts. He wants to pour out his love upon you in physical as well as spiritual ways. How much he wants to bless and encourage us and cause us to succeed. He wants your dreams to happen. You know why? Because when you're living like that, you glorify him. Now, I was blown away this week. I was praying for a young man that we've been praying for for quite a while. And uh, I just had this vision and I saw just the love of the, that the father had for this young guy. And I saw the angel standing and putting their hand on his shoulder, just supporting him and strengthening him. And I just felt the love of the father for this young guy who, you know, probably has no idea yet, yet. But I just got a glimpse for a few, few minutes of just how much God loves us, how much he wants us to succeed, that he sends his angels to minister and help us. You know, they're, they're there to help us. And when you call upon them, you're going, Lord, just help me with this person. You know, just help me. He, he's got help ready for you. You don't have to do it by yourself. You don't have to, you know, he says you, he's a shield to us. When you're around those people when they push your buttons, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who has people in their world that push your buttons. They know what to do, what to say, how to look, comment here, and it's like, I'm walking in love, I'm walking in love. You know, like, but you got, you've got help. Just ask the Lord for help because he loves us. Give him your list. Give him your list today and say, Lord, I give you all that stuff and I receive your blank page. Show me what to write on it. Show me what to write on it. And you let go of all the places where people have hurt you and damaged you. Give them a blank list. It doesn't mean they're not going to mess up. It doesn't mean we're not going to mess up. But God is faithful and will forgive us and take hold of us and say, come on, let's get back on the horse and go again. You know, as I finish, I just want to share with you a story 
Some of you might know a lady or know of a lady. Um, her name is Corrie Ten Boone, and she um, helped her and her family, her father and her sister, helped um, the Jewish people um, escape, and she hid them in their house. And uh, they, they got caught, and, and the SS and um, Nazis found that they were aiding the Jewish, and so they threw them in a, in a camp, in a, one of the camps that they had for people they didn't like. And uh, in that camp, her father died, and so did her sister Betsy. And she saw, watched her waste away, because, you know, they didn't get fed, they didn't get cared for, they got beaten, you know, they get stripped naked and would have to walk before the guards and just horrific things. If you want to read her book, it's called The Hiding Place, and uh, it's back in the Second World War. But Corrie Dim Boone is known because she started to speak about God's forgiveness. She had a revelation of God's love and the power of forgiveness. And so they actually, after the war, started to ask her to come and speak. And in 1947, she was in Germany, of all places, and she was speaking about God's forgiveness to this crowded room. And she was saying that, you know, if you've messed up, pretty much what I'm saying today, if you've messed up, that God will forgive you, that he'll, you know, give you new life. And after the meeting, this man in a great big coat, kind of stocky guy, bald head, came forward and she recognized him straight away as one of the meanest guards who had been one of her guards, the toughest, cruelest guard uh, in the camp where she had been. And he walks up to her, straight up to her, and says, hello. He says, isn't it so good that God forgives us? Now, she was pretty honest in her book, and she talks about how she just could feel this anger and resentment and unforgiveness rising up on her. This is the guard that had put them through so much, had hurt her sister, had, you know, been cruel, and her sister had died in that camp, and she'd had to watch her fade away and waste away, and she had every reason to turn her back and say, enough, I've done. I can't forgive you. I can forgive everybody else, but I know what you did, and you're a cruel, stinking, awful man. But he walks up to her and says, isn't it great that when we come to know God, that he forgives us. And she thought, does he know who I am? And he reached out her hand. And she's like, I don't want to take it. Should I take it? She's having this inner dialogue in her head. And, she could, and she's remembering all the things she just preached, you know. And, and she was like, she made a choice. She made a choice right then. Who am I? I'm a child of God. And he is now a child of God. He'd come and ask God to forgive him. And if the word is true, it's true. So she reached out her hand in obedience, not in feeling. Because when you rip up the piece of paper, you may not feel anything about those people that have hurt you. But she reached out her hand and she held his hand for quite a long time. And she said the love of God that poured out as she did that is nothing like she'd ever felt before because she extended her forgiveness just as she had been forgiven and he had been forgiven, she acted it. She acted on what she believed. She didn't feel a thing. All she was remembering was all the stuff that he had done, that she had been stripped naked and had to walk past this man. Utter humiliation, beaten, starved. And yet, if God's word is true, it's true for everyone. For a long moment, we grasped each other's hands, she writes, and the former guard and the former prisoner 
and I have never known God's love so intensely as I did then. She explains forgiveness as letting go of a bow rope. You know, you have an old church and it's the steeple and there's the bow that you pull the rope and uh, you get the bow ringing because you have to tug on the rope. And you have to do it for a little while to get momentum. They're quite heavy. You know, I always imagine I'd probably swing around. But, you know, you've got to tag on the rope. And uh, after that, it's easy because you've got momentum. The bell, the bell is ringing, dong, dong, dong. And it's got momentum. And as long as you keep pulling the bell cord, the bell keeps ringing. And she says, forgiveness is like that. It's like letting go of that rope on the bell. The bell keeps ringing because momentum is still at work. You might not feel any different. You know, it may not see anything different in your life because your unforgiveness or your holding on to people's wrongs, what they've done to you, or holding on to where you've messed up, it's got momentum in your life. But if you stop tagging on the bell cord, then that momentum eventually will stop. And the spirit of unforgiveness or, you know, lack of self-worth, or all the things that you beat ourselves up about. Because you stop tugging on the bow rope, stop tugging on those things of, this is who I am, this is what I am, I don't forgive them. You stop pulling on that, and eventually it'll lose momentum how you think and feel about yourself, and you'll start to receive what God says about you, and you'll start to feel different. And the spirit of unforgiveness doesn't have any power anymore because you've stopped pulling on the rope that made it ding-dong. Does that make sense? She chose right then when that ex-SS officer stood in front of her that she would grab hold of his hand and choose to forgive and make that bell rope that had been carrying around that unforgiveness stop having momentum. Every now and then she'd think back and think, this is what they did. But because she had chosen to forgive that unforgiveness lost momentum and instead there was a spirit of love and grace came into her life. Same goes for us. When we start to see who we are and forgive ourselves and stop tugging on the who we think we used to be and, re- and reminding ourselves and making it get momentum, if you stop that, you'll start to see who you are in God and reach all the potential that God made us to be. And if we tear up the lists and stop reminding ourselves of all the things everybody else has done, that's going to lose momentum in our life too. And instead, love and grace and forgiveness is going to happen. It's got to start somewhere. Why not start today? God's given you a blank slate, a clean slate. What are you going to write on it? And he wants you to give it to everybody else around you. Let go. Let go of banging on that pulling on that rope and let go and let God have his way. And the blessing will follow through because you're doing things God's way and he'll start to write on this then. And then nothing is impossible. Amen? Let's pray together. Lord, I want to thank you for your grace and your great love for us. Lord, I thank you for your word and your Holy Spirit that you challenge us because you want us restored, that you want us whole. And Father, as I've spoken these words today, Lord, I pray that they would bear fruit in our hearts and our lives and our minds, that the things of the past would be rooted out. We speak to the root of unforgiveness and hurt and disappointment 
and we pull that thing out as we rip up those lists that we have on ourselves and on others, Lord, and, and receive that clean slate, that blank piece of paper. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd start to write on it and show us. Show us that we're loved and forgiven. Show us that we have a hope and a future, no matter what has happened before. Lord, that we choose to let go. We choose to stop ringing that bell of unforgiveness and we let it go. Lord, restore us. And restore those around us, Father, into relationship with you. Let your presence go with us today. Let your presence rest in this place today. We pray in Jesus' precious name. And we all said, Amen. Be very blessed as we go out this week and uh, make good use of your blank piece of paper. God's got dreams he wants to share with you. Amen. Have a good week. Share a coffee. Be very blessed.